Welcome to the Elder Hour podcast, where we discuss the history of plants from a magical perspective. We'll be exploring the history, lore, and mystical properties of a new plant every single week. I'm your host, Juliette Diaz, an indigenous Taino bruja and seer from a long line of medicine women and men. I have a master's of science in herbal medicine, best-selling author of Witchery, Embrace the Witch Within, and founder of Plant Coven. And I'm your host, Chelsea Selby, owner of occult bath and body brand, Witch Baby Soap, college-educated holistic health practitioner, and lifelong witch. Welcome to episode two of season two of the Elder Hour. We have a very exciting episode today. We're talking about fly agaric. Mm-hmm. The most famous mushroom. Yes. It's the Super Mario mushroom. Yes. But visually most yeah. famous. The Disney mushroom. Yeah, it's a, it's a really a competition of between the magic mushroom and fly agaric, which is more famous. All the mushrooms that you, when you think mushroom in your mind, it's probably the fly agaric. The red with the white. Uh-huh. With the white dots. Yep. The scientific name for fly agaric is Amanita muscaria. It is also known as the witch's eggs, toadstool, death angel, death cap, magic mushroom. Don't confuse this with the traditional magic mushroom. They're very different. Um, Sacred mushroom, fly fungus, etc. And I have some religious names that it also is associated with, which is Soma, the Hindu plant god. Amarita, which is the Buddhist magical sacrament. Um, We have the Holy Grail, the Golden Fleece, um, the Fountain of Youth, um, Bread of Life, the Cosmic Egg, the Flesh of Jesus. Take and eat. It's literally... (laughs) Holy shit. Literally all in religion. And I'm so excited for this one because what I found really blew my mind. Same. Same. And you know what this, like... I don't know what it is, but the fly, the fly agaric has just been floating around in my brain. Like, like fly agaric. Yeah. (laughs) Just like the, I can't stop thinking about the words. Right. Like the name of it. Like, I don't know why it's just like haunting me. It's haunting me too. And I wanted, I skipped a really good one, which is the flesh of God and la prima materia. If you guys don't have this book, um, I actually saw it's on like you could get it for cheap. Um, it's called Strange Fruit, and it's by Clark Henricks. I'll put it in the blog. Okay. Um, the book literally is all about this mushroom, and it's um, hidden agenda and it's hidden power, and how it's been kept from us humans i need to read this book and it's only for those enlightened ones and it's really all over religious um symbolism and when i started going through that symbolism i'm like holy shit how did i not notice like it's gonna blow your mind this episode yeah yeah i'm excited oh i'm so excited um yeah i need that book (laughs) um so mushrooms in general are said to be ruled by neptune um but the, f- the fly agaric, in my opinion, has Pluto and Scorpio influence as they come from decomposition. I know, I don't know if other people will agree with that, but in my opinion, I think that 
it definitely has some like plutonium qualities the other thing that it um cunningham scott cunningham you know the encyclopedia of magical herbs etc says is that it's ruled by mercury um you see this in the intellectual properties i would go as far as saying maybe it, it like your uranus rather than just mercury because yeah. it's kind of like mercury dialed up a notch with the intellectual like magical properties of it um and then nicholas culpepper says that they're ruled by saturn for their likeliness to poison you mm. so i think what you can see is that there's like very different aspects of the plant um usually they'll assign it by what's the most prominent but you can observe all these aspects in fly agaric so yeah i mean i personally don't even follow like you know these that author yeah because (laughs) that off i don't want to be like that white man because (laughs) when coming from like um, my indigenous background a lot of these um poisonous quote unquote well they are uh-huh. they're poisonous so that you don't take you need to know how to take them properly mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so they're not poisonous when you take them properly so mm-hmm. they can't be ruled by a planet that you think has one aspect to it yeah this one specifically like you said it's very it's cosmic it's yeah divinity is yeah. within it mushrooms period yeah um poisonous or not they're they can't be they don't belong to one thing or one aspect or one planet they belong to a lot of different things because they're capable of taking you to different realms Mm -hmm. especially this little guy yeah for sure um so if you work with elements they are part of the air air element and you'll see that in also in the intellectual like properties that it imbues um we briefly spoke on fly agaric in one of our previous episodes from season one uh we talked about its use in the popular uh flying ointment yes in our belladonna episode coincidentally fly agaric which is poisonous is also the antidote for the also extremely poisonous belladonna Mm. So if you want to hear more about that, you can go back to that episode. So let's dive right in. Why don't we? Yes. Would you like to start? I'm so excited. You go start. Okay. So this is freaking me out because it's kind of freaky. So you have Siberian shamans, right? Mm-hmm. I, they're Siberian natives. Yeah. This is their god, <laughs> like since ancient times. And when you look into why and then you tied into christmas and religion uh-huh it's mind-blowing so first off you start with this is you know a religious sacrament um it's placed highly among the um commodities of natives so it's not just the siberian shamans there's a lot of native um tribes that find this to be very godlike yes absolutely yeah and then Right away, we start. Why we're starting with the Siberian shamans, natives, is because they are the ones that work with reindeers. Obviously, mm-hmm. reindeers eat this mushroom. Really? Yes. So, <laughs> think about that already. Reindeer are eating this mushroom. 
Christmas, reindeers fly, and this makes you fly because it's a hallucinogenic. <gasps> reindeers have what? Red nose, oh and the top of the mushroom God, is This is red. so exciting. <laughs> Not even done. It's so good. <laughs> so I was like, wait a minute. That's where it caught me, right? Like the whole reindeer eating them and them that flying, tripping the out. That is the coolest shit I've ever heard. So Christmas was stolen from the Siberian shamans. Yeah. The whole concept of Santa Claus and reindeers. Uh-huh. The shamans, the Siberian shamans, when they went out, they went out with sacks. Yeah. They went to pine trees, which is the trees that you put in your home. Mm-hmm. Right? And what do you put under the pine tree? It used, it used to be like the red and white gift bowls that you put under the tree. What grows under a pine tree? This mushroom oh, in my particular. God. My mind is blown. Yep. So they would go with with bags just like santa claus and they will go to collect all of these mushrooms from under the pine trees and they would have these mushrooms while they were on the reindeer because this is their ceremony and the trip happens where they're flying with the reindeer with their sacks of the mushroom this is amazing it's insane this is why i love christmas Because there's so much. This is so cool. I love this so much. So it's, they traveled, um, what they would do is that they would travel into different realms. So if you hear stories of um, religion where Santa Claus could enter like the realms of like the angels, gods, and demons, like he could go anywhere he wants. Mm -hmm. This is what the Siberian natives did on their journeys. They traveled to divinity. They traveled in their ceremony, especially winter solstice this is what they did so it's christmas this is what they did they traveled into different realms to collect with their sack yeah so they had not only was this something that they ingested and the reindeers would eat and took them flying into other realms they had more mushrooms in their sack to give to the other gods that they were going that were entering into the realms to offer them this precious sacrament and um out of worship and like money kind of like an exchange that's what that was used for so you have a few things that are related so saint nicholas was a patron saint of children um, from siberia then we have the reindeer that eat mushroom hence the flight the mushroom go under pine trees in nature and this is the tree that you bring into your home for christmas the mushrooms are red and white and why is that significant because you have i'm going into it right now the pope what does he wear a red top white bottom oh my god Look. oh my god mushroom okay i'm not even done hold on there he is so oh my you see these mushrooms on the side, these paintings? Those are the entryway of the Vatican. This is so satisfying, the Look, conspiracy part of my brain. This is the Vatican's when you walk in. Oh, my That's what's next to the first pope. God. And the first pope is wearing a red top with the white bottom. And look how the white bottom looks with the texture of the, that middle skirt, just like the texture of the bottom of the mushroom. Mm-hmm. I, I'm literally... My mind is blown. So... You know how religion, sorry for you guys, our our religion out there, but, you know, it's 2020. You know already that religion 
um, Catholic Christians, they've taken from pagan, from native um, ancient spiritualities and turned it into something their own. It's yeah, it's basically a watered down assimilation of the old ways just getting processed through this modernized religious and at the same and but what's frustrating or what's mind-blowing is that people don't see how not only did they take it from celts and vikings and pagans and native indigenous people um they enforced rules for them not to use it anymore but yet took it for themselves because they saw the real power in it the real magic and they wanted it for themselves and i think it you know it also just it helps people assimilate, like, uh, you know, if you want somebody to change religions, you can't fucking take away Christmas. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think that I think that's a big reason why a lot of people are like, these traditions are hard to give up. And, and I call it Christmas because, honestly, it's been called that my entire life. But I think as I get, like, every year, I just get a little bit closer to just calling it Yule. <laughs> like... You want to hear something else? Yes, please keep going. So, Adam and Eve, the first painting in the Vatican. Oh, my God. We we have to, like... We'll put this on the blog. So, she's showing me a picture, and it's of Adam and Eve. And the Tree of Life. And the Tree of Life, and behind them is, like, the, a, the, a whole, whole fucking mushroom. The huge, giant circle that's red with a white background, right? Wait, we're not stopping there. So She's then, really taking me down the rabbit hole right now. This baby, Jesus, the first oh painting. Oh my God, Jesus is a mushroom. This is insane. Baby Jesus. And if you pay attention to the first depiction of what baby Jesus looks like, his body is wrapped in white, which looks like the bottom of the mushroom because his halo, the top part, you see this guy's halo? It's yellow. Mm-hmm. But Jesus' halo is all red with the white. It looks like the mushroom head. Oh, my God. So what they're saying here, and then, hold on, there's more paintings in the Vatican. And this is Jesus, and he's always in the paintings in the Vatican surrounded by the mushroom. She's showing me, like, a stained glass. Stained glasses, yeah. Jesus, and there's so many mushrooms. (laughs) This is so mind-blowing. Yeah, with the red tops. And he's literally just always with them in all the the paintings there then there's the one with um this one i've never seen before this one here mm-hmm. i've never seen that one either. this is someone praying to jesus but why does jesus look like a legit mushroom there yeah, I, I thought it was a mushroom it's I jesus face it was jesus <laughs> but maybe because I, everything is a mushroom like now now everything looks around, like a mushroom it's like that trend where everything is cake but it's all mushrooms <laughs> So they have um, the Easter eggs. What color? The original Easter eggs were a solid color in the back with dots. Yeah. So they're saying the original Easter egg book that they put out with like Easter bunnies had the mushroom in the back. Yeah. And these were like the original. I saved a bunch of folk art of, of these mushrooms and... It's in, like, fucking everything, like, holiday-related. So this is the part that we tie back the natives with. Oh, that's be- that's all mushroom. Even the little trolls. Oh, that's even here, too. Look, 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 look. <laughs> that's spooky but cute. 
I love it. I love this kind of art. So, I have gnomes here. So this woman, she is Santa is her name. She's a shaman. And she is wearing a red dress with white polka dots holding this mushroom up high to the sky, burning it. And she was the shaman, the medicine woman um, for her tribe. And her name was Santa Amanita. So Santa's mm-hmm. name is taken from her. And the sim- symbolic nature of the whole reindeer, the, the pine tree, and them being like otherworldly. Um, also, the north is where Santa Claus supposedly lives. That's the north god. That's where yeah. they worship to this mushroom god. It's to the north where they say Santa Claus lives. So we have pictures of that, which is totally insane. She she's so beautiful. I want to I'm going to put it on the blog so you guys could see. Um and then one of the original paintings of Santa Claus with on his head. God, that is so cool. He had, she's showing me a, a a picture of Santa with a mushroom hat. The red the red hat is a mushroom. The red hat Holy is fucking the red shit. hat he wears. And he wears a red suit. Oh my god. But the hat itself is a fucking mushroom on and he has reindeer ears with lights. Did you notice that part? Oh yeah, yeah. Reindeer ears. I'm. Or he has reindeer. Yeah, rain. Um, what do you call them? Again, the antlers. The antlers. <laughs> he has antlers for ears. Yes. Oh, I'm obsessed. This. Is, I'm so excited. And he has what in his mouth? Now. A pipe. So he's smoking Mushrooms. a mushroom. <laughs> Oh my god, this is so exciting. I am going to look for like every fucking Christmas mushroom thing now. This is going to fuel a whole new level of hoarding. Like I already have five huge Tupperwares of Christmas (laughs) stuff. This is going to be way worse. I'm actually really obsessed with this. You have no idea. Um, Because it's coming from, you know, indigenous native tribe and we've never heard this before yeah like we've never heard where they where did they steal this whole idea of santa claus and the reindeers and then you have um this mushroom is everywhere in the christian and catholic religion well you know it's really interesting and i think we've talked about this on another episode before about terence mckenna and food of the gods but like he theorizes that we started to talk and develop language because of mushrooms. Oh, I bet you. Like it elevated our consciousness. Yeah. So. You would think, right? That it's makes so sense. Important. From the beginning. So Santa is actually a shaman it and not a big fat white guy. You know what is really interesting about it is um, do you watch The Magicians? Yes, I do. And Santa is a character. Did you get to that part? Is that the new season now? It's like, I think it was like the season before the newest season. No, then I saw it. I probably just don't when remember. When Alice is being held by the library. Oh, yeah. I know what you're talking and about. Her, and her, her cell neighbor is Santa. Yeah, now I remember. He's actually, he's not a white guy. No. No, that's what I'm <laughs> like, wait a minute. I remember because I remember like he was a but, black man. Like, that is so cool that he's like. 
it's just all of this is so exciting and it's also my favorite show but holy shit oh my god that is so cool <laughs> super cool so this is another um indigenous tribe and i could not find the name for the heck of me but there is wolf owl and raven significance so i know for sure this is in um north america yeah um and this is the depiction of the god of the mushroom and this is what that guy looks like oh my god that is so fucking cool it's santa claus badass warrior that it's just like it's so fascinating the way that different cultures can experience the same plant. Yep. And have the same. Yep. So what the idea of it? Some they're saying that um, oh here's another one with Jesus and then he has like all these hallucinogenic mushrooms underneath. So like all his you know wisdom came from that. I mean we know Jesus was a witch and he was an enlightened being and he was getting his wisdom from somewhere yeah like why couldn't it be because he was doing mushrooms yeah obviously he was enlightened he was doing something he was mad chill <laughs> after everything they did um, to him poor guy yeah um so with him being even but this is actually saying that his existence it's literally the mushroom like jesus is the consciousness of this mushroom that's why he's depicted like a mushroom in all of these drawings and these paintings. So interesting. The, yeah. So Jesus is not even a real human. He's actually the spirit, the God of this mushroom. So, and it talks about him being a God of this mushroom. He's a bearded dude. Truly. I'm like, what is going on? This is so interesting. I love this so much. Yeah. I love doing elder hour so much and this is why because we just it's just beautiful there's no bias like yeah. we cover all cultures and practices um and we're so fascinated yeah by i it. just want to know like where the stuff came where from. does it come like, from where did it start the freaking truth it just blows your mind like yeah. this was just the the most like i loved researching this so much and there's a lot of research, guys. Like, if you don't know, we do our research. Like, yeah. we go, we get in. Like, we, we, you could go to Google and research. We need to do a lot more than just going to Google and research. I mean, we got to go back because this information that we grab for all the plant, all the episodes that we do, we really do dive back into. So we're like. It's like a jumping off point. Like, I'll, I'll see something. I'll look in, like, a witch book and I'll see, okay what is this associated with or like what gods or goddesses is this associated with and then i just want to know why yep like i need to know why why is this associated with like uh, for this example like why why is this associated with you know christmas like I'll f you know why is this associated with specific things i see in art and uh, and then i just have to figure it out yep did you get things on like bafina and krampus no i i didn't no no okay because it keeps going 
Oh, okay. Keep going. So, so now we know that the mushroom is coming from literally ancient native indigenous tribes and, and that and by the way i i just i got a question from a customer and i just want to jump in since i feel like this is an appropriate time yeah, to yeah. talk about it so i got this question from this customer and in in our recent spellbox we did it about ancestral magic and this particular person is from a Mormon family. And she was like, who the hell am I supposed to mm. venerate for my ancestors? You know, I don't have some great, great, great grandmother who was a witch that was burned in Salem. And I just want to say that a lot of these modern religions are very much so that mm-hmm. modern. Yep. They're not as they're not as old as man. They're not as old as humans. We had these we all, every single person, had native spiritualities mm-hmm. before the colonization of the church. So I I know that some people, especially, you know, Eurocentric people struggle to figure out like what is their you know, indigenous or native spirituality. And if you look, you have ancestors who had practices that were earth-based and native to the land. You just have to go back a little further than before the churches colonized your land. You have to know, like, where you're from and go a little further. Mm -hmm. Okay, continue. It's true. It's true. And always know that even if you don't know, they're they're still there with you. Yeah. Everybody has ancestors. Yeah. Whether you don't know it or not, they're there. They're your angels. They're your guides. They're there. So even just maybe generally speaking, saying my ancestors and guides who have their best intentions for me. Mm -hmm. You just don't get overwhelmed um, because you're not alone. There's so many of us that still you know, don't have the right story. And that's not your fault. That's colonization's fault. Yeah. Even for white people, it's still, everything was kind of yeah, like erased like, and like, moved. Um, I can find a lot of info about some of my ancestors and then some of my other ancestors. It's really, really difficult. And even like, I know a lot of Italian people who struggle to find anything about their ancestors past the 1800s because, you know, Italy used to just be a bunch of warring colonies, but Italy used to be super pagan. Mm. That's where you get the Hmm. Roman gods from, Yep. you know? So a lot of people can't see beyond Catholicism. They think that's their entire family's history and it's not it's not at all it's a brief a very brief part of your family's history yep like the most recent part which is maybe the least helpful to you yeah exactly (laughs) i'm not i'm not doing my ancestry with like the past 20 years you know like (laughs) no i'm i'm healing their there's shit that they didn't work yeah. on. So yeah. you want to talk to those ancestors of yours who were here originally, the ancients, the one mm-hmm. who were connected. You know, you, you have that the ones that you have to heal for and then the ones that are there to guide you because yes. they know what's up. So 
this is kind of messed up, but it still makes sense of how religion, cult-like activities where they want to keep all the power and keep the people little. Mm -hmm. um, not only do these certain religions say that, you know, you're beneath God, which is not true. You are God, literally. Um, you're part of God. You are divinity. Um, you're made of stardust. Yes, for <laughs> real, you are. <laughs> That's a fact, though. <laughs> and... So they would make up scary characters. Mm -hmm. Like, for instance, um, Krampus and Bethina were made up to scare people from staying away from the woods yes. and their children. Why? Yeah. Because before they made up these characters, people back then would celebrate winter solstice by going into the woods and they would take this mushroom. This is the mushroom that oh. they would, because it's what grew under the pine trees. Yeah. It wasn't like someone just put them there they that's like where I they grew just visualize it like in my mind they had like ceremonies. i feel like i have memories of I'm sure these, like like when you say it like i feel like i've seen it in real life oh yeah it's like winter everybody bundle up they would go out to worship the pine trees that mothered this um mushroom underneath it they would literally grow during the winter because there was a lot of water mm -hmm. rain snow um and the church to have control made up the evil that lurked in the woods so and took your children and ate them and took them from you if you went out there so little by little um people following religion stopped going into the woods out of fear and this translated this look look this is the imagery they would show mm -hmm. of chaining of compass of compass and Bethina like eat taking the children um it became a sin to go out into the woods you know what it's what? like that today yeah. Like, tell me you don't have friends that, that are, like, Scared afraid of the woods. I hate that. I'm like, are you serious right now? It's, like, the best place ever. I used to spend all my summers in North Carolina, and, like, I would spend my entire summer in the woods, and I'd come back to New Jersey, and I had friends who were, like, afraid to go in the woods. I'm sure of it. So, another thing that we didn't know is that back then, mothers, parents sent their children to go harvest these mushrooms into the woods so that's where all these kid stories of um krampus stealing children mm -hmm. bafina that's where that came from if you keep sending your kids to the woods um they're gonna steal them so the kids didn't go out into the woods anymore to collect these mushrooms for the parents um and so on and then it then all of a sudden you just started seeing this symbolism of merry christmas and saint you know santa claus saint nick um happening after that All is so that. interesting. I have some interesting s info about the woods, too, connected to this. Yes. If, if you're ready. Oh, my God, yes. Okay. All right. So, fly agaric is the sacred plant to the Russian slash Scandinavian leshy. Have you heard of them? Mm -mm. Okay. Well, they are mostly benevolent trickster spirits slash deities of the forest. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> I was thrilled to learn about this. Let's <laughs> like, do this. I'm, um, getting, I'm getting comfy, guys. Hold it's, on. <laughs> it's meaning, Leshy means he from the forest. It's all, They're also known as Lord of the Forest. Um, they've been considered to be demons or gods. It really depends on who you ask, you know. Um, 
Other aliases include simply he, and he has been compared to Pan or the Green Man. Mm-hmm. Um, some beings have multiple plants associated with them. The only plant associated with the Leshy is the Fly Agaric. Um, there, I, I they're so fucking sweet. Honestly, like. <laughs> I just think this is the coolest idea. Um, They, first of all, are guardians of the forest. They protect the forest. Uh, They weep if the trees in the forest get cut down. So if you're like a woodsman, they're going to fuck you up. They're going to like hide your tools. And then they also do this thing that's almost like sirens, like, you know, the mermaids where they'll like, mimic voices Mm -hmm. and and make noises to draw you into the woods and and trap you or whatever kidnap you they're known for kidnapping um if you which ties in exactly what you were saying yep um if you do get kidnapped by the leshy they have a wild sense of humor and it's said that you should take your clothes off and turn them inside out and wear them backwards and the shoes on the wrong feet and everything to make them laugh and they'll let you go. That's so interesting because in my culture, if you wear things backwards or you walk backwards, I believe we talked about this in one of the episodes, you're walking with evil. It's really interesting. Or you walk into that dark realm. Yeah. Well, here, speaking of Christmas (laughs) and the holiday season... What do you do when you want it to snow? Ew. You wear your pajamas inside That's out. That's insane. Why? This is so awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so, so um, they also are known to be spotted with bears and wolves. Ew, I'm still not over that part. Hold on. So they're making us children put our pajamas inside out, which is... On Christmas, which is where you could um, evoke the realms from divinity, heaven, or the darker realms. So here we are evoking darker snow. realms. We're, we're snow my ass. Snow. snow my ass. We're literally living, we've been living ritual and ceremony. Yeah, yeah every, I mean, I, th- this is the most fascinating part about all of this is like, Everything that we do in modern day is a magical practice. And yes. we have been so stripped of all of the spiritual spiritual aspects of our modern day traditions so that, you know, we wonder why people feel so sad and they feel so disconnected from nature and all this stuff. But literally everything that we do that connects us to spirit has been stripped and refined into this very docile thing like you blow out birthday candles yes you're partaking in a pagan ritual when you get a christmas tree put christmas lights up like those are fairy lights they're Mm -hmm. called fairy lights for a reason you know when you wear your pajamas inside out when you give your teeth to the tooth fairy yes you're who you're giving a bodily (laughs) part of yours (laughs) to A little, f- to a tooth fairy, to somebody, right? Yeah. These are all acts. But re- to go, just, this is going, what, what you're saying really quis- quick mm-hmm. on what we were saying. Christ, meaning the anointed with the magical substance. That's 
what Christ means. Mass means a special service or sacramental ingestion of the um, Eucharist. So what you're saying is we should do mushrooms for Christmas. Hell yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So uh, the Leshy, they ride in on the storm clouds, which is just fucking, it's just badass, honestly. Um, You can get stuck in their realm forever. You're not supposed to eat the food that they give you. Maybe that's told. That's the whole. That's what the fuck yeah. the mushroom does. <laughs> you could get stuck there. Yeah, you could get. Don't stuck. eat their mushroom. Yeah, um, the people who have survived being abducted by the leshy have gone mute. Some of them have become healers. Yes, this is literally the hallucinogenic uh-huh. qualities of the mushroom. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> so they're also shapeshifters. They can shift into quite a few things they shift into pigs ravens burning trees roosters wolves and most notably the fly agaric typically the leshy appear as like trees though they're like tree beings Mm -hmm. um well the green man there are two conflicting accounts that i found here one is that they're known to kidnap people and they kidnap kids who are cursed by their family um unmarried women women in unhappy marriages like they literally love women um and women to serve as wet nurses for their wives they also kidnap hunters and woodsmen because you know they're honestly like fuck you guys and then um the alternate version of that folklore states that they live alone with cursed or fallen human women who abandon humanity to live with them, which honestly, I like that more. I like that narrative yep, more. Yeah, I do too. Um, they're also gamblers. And they gamble for different animals in the forest. Like, there's each forest is supposed to have a leshy. And so a leshy from one forest will gamble with a leshy from another forest. And if they win, then all of the animals, like a specific type of animal, will migrate to their forest. Mm. And it's kind of like a way that people explained migration. That's interesting. Back in the day. It's also how huntsmen and woodsmen have been known to trick the leshy is through gambling. And I think... I have it in here. Oh, the clubs are their specific suit. They're what? The clubs align with the leshy. Oh. That's their specific suit. Um, and the interesting thing about the leshy is that you know how there are certain figures that will help anybody from any background? Mm-hmm. Not the leshy. <laughs> like, if you are not pagan, mm-hmm. they are not helping you. They're not helping you. You have to swear to paganism before they will help you. Pretty so they're much. very, like, guardians of the earth forest beings. Yes. Um. So if you're not pagan, do not, do not summon a trickster leshy into your life. Just don't do it. Um... Also, their feast day is September 27th, so that 
you know, we're this is coming out in September. If you guys want to feast for the leshy, <laughs> take some <laughs> mushrooms. There you go. Their sacred places are trees and groves. So a nice thing to do if you feel connected to this being would be to go out in the forest and spend some time in nature. So I had the biggest realization. I want to know this. She's she's so mean, guys. Like she told me this a couple weeks ago. Okay, and I'm like, tell me. And she's like, uh, no, I want to tell you in the episodes. I've been waiting all this time. So I I think okay, I'm I'm Finnish, and that's like this comes from my. I'm I'm a bunch of different things. We've talked about this in previous episodes. I'm like Finnish, Italian, Colombian, Irish, just a bunch of different things. Um, I've I think I've dreamt of these beings before, and I didn't realize it until I was doing this research for this. But considering their affinity for human women. I, I don't, this kind of, it kind of blew my mind. So I've had two very strange dreams. Mm-hmm. The first one, I started sprouting all of these leaves from my body. Mm-hmm. Like, from my, like, you know, branches were just coming out of me. Mm-hmm. Like I was turning into a tree or something. And it was just very strange, which is not the first dream that tipped me off to the the possible connection to this. But the second dream, I was at this place and I went to leave and it definitely seemed like an alternate universe or reality dimension, whatever you want to call it, however you want to describe it. But I was somewhere. I can't remember where I was. And then when I left the somewhere, I was in this parking lot. This empty parking lot in the middle of the woods. There was, like, not really a road into this parking lot. It was just surrounded by the woods. Mm -hmm. And it was empty. There were no cars there. And there was, like, the lights. So you could see. Maybe that's why there was a parking lot. I don't know. But I gave birth to a tree being in this parking lot. I was, like, pregnant, and I was walking through the parking lot, and I gave birth to this tiny, like, Groot-looking tree being, like, this, but I felt like, and now now I'm remembering more of the dream, I felt, like, really, like, protective Mm -hmm. of this, like, tree being, like, like, there was a she, and she was, like, this, like, tree goddess baby, it was so strange but like amazing and like oh and there was an elevator in the parking lot mm-hmm. i don't know why i'm just remembering this now there was an elevator um yeah it was so strange but i don't know i read this and i felt like that this it has to, to do you? with this so did you go in the elevator or no i don't remember i think just like I don't, I was, like, protecting this, this, it was, like, fast forward, I had this, this tree baby, and she, like, I was holding on to her, and nurturing her, and then she was ready to go do her own thing. Her little own spirit. And that's, like, so so interesting, because in indigenous culture, well, I know my, from the islands, Mm -hmm. we 
have this thing. We don't really talk about it. I mean, the women who go, it's women, by yeah. the way. It's the wi- human women. We go through spiritual births. Yeah. Like, we literally birth something. And I remember my husband, when he first experienced with me, it happened twice in the 10-year span that I've been with him. We literally have contractions, and it's out of nowhere. And you, I would, you, it's so painful that you know, you intuitively know you're giving birth. I squat. We will squat mm-hmm. knowing that there's something coming out, like a, a spiritual being. And when it first happened, I spoke to my elders, and my elder says, you gave birth to nature. And I didn't get it. I was like, what do you mean? Like, I know I gave birth. Yeah. And he says that women who have gone through trauma in their life or whose bodies were wronged or not treated properly because we are, again, we had that conversation with Mm -hmm. your husband, we are nature. And we really... I talk about this all the time. We literally are trees. We're f- we're the flowers. We're the mushrooms. Everything going on within our universe. We're nature with the universe, right? So women, particularly those who have gone through trauma and pain, go through these spiritual birth where they will give birth out of nowhere. And it just happens randomly. Yeah. And you know you gave birth to something, but you're like, okay, let me carry on and go back to my yeah. life. You don't know what happened it's to like- that being about that one time i gave birth in the dream world yes no but this is like real life like awake yeah but if you have those in the dream world there's literally a new life that you birth into you're manifesting a whole new journey ahead of you so you the nature or mother earth blessed you with a spirit being now that belongs to you and now part of nature and you're moving forward into a whole new level of a man- manifesting a whole new life like maybe a next level up from where you are now it's crazy it's amazing and we don't talk about this part ever it's so interesting because just like you said like women with trauma and like it it's like the tree beings mm-hmm. <laughs> it's just mind-blowing it is it is it because it all comes together this is why um Again, plugging in my new book, guys, Plant With Tree. You could go get it now. Mm-hmm. Um, Plant With Tree, I, I teach you how to connect and create your own relationship and language with plants and nature. And that's so important that we do something like this, whether you read my book or not, because we we don't feel whole. We feel empty some a lot of the time. We feel lonely a lot of the time. And a lot of the time, these are people who are living in cities, people who are living in apartments, people mm-hmm. who are living away from nature, or people who are not going out to nature. And then when you do go out to nature, you feel like something is being filled. You feel a connection. Like right now, when yeah. you when you want to go away, where do you want to go? Nature. Yeah. You want to go to a waterfall, to a mountain, scenery, somewhere where it's outside. Mm-hmm. But that's because you're in, you intuitively know that that's where your medicine is. That's where the other part of you is that's missing because you detach. We talked about in our last episode about separation of, of um, shadow and light and um, masculinity and femininity, mm-hmm. um, that separation. This is real for in the mundane world where you're separating your flesh from nature. Mm-hmm. We belong to nature. We are nature. If you think back of how our ancestors lived, the ancients, they lived in nature. 
they didn't live in cities. And even then, if you want to go back and talk about Atlantis or like the um, lost cities, lost places that were super modern, mm -hmm. super spiritual, they built their cities with nature. Yeah, they like green spaces are so important. Super important. It's your battery. It's your life source. Yeah, I think I'm done. <laughs> I'm like, I'm going to open up a church. No, yeah, and, no, it's so important. <laughs> like, you know, I, that is the whole point of witchcraft. You mm -hmm. know, these things, these traditions, um, they stem from a deep connection to the land. Even just reading about, you know, the different bonfires that would happen around Halloween, yeah. et cetera. Those things didn't just happen because they love a good fire. You know, <laughs> they happen because th it kills invasive plants that could destroy their crops. It fertilizes the lands. Mm -hmm. Like, these connections to nature were very important, and that's where these indigenous and pagan traditions come from they come from a deep relationship with the land mm. it's not a modern construct to control you it's honoring and nurturing the earth so so going back to this mushroom and christmas and Christ and it being protected in a God, um, we're talking about now gnomes. So if you saw gnomes are always painted like the old Christmas cards and things yes. like that with this particular mushroom. There's lots of folk imagery with a gnomes lot. in this mushroom. So these gnomes were called Nisi. I think it's, it's N-I-S-S-E. And these gnomes are protectors of this mushroom. And the, it is said that these little gnomes are the ones who um, created the whole factory of building things like elves. I see where you're going with this. Yeah. So it's oh. like this whole factory of them creating things for oh those children who came into the forest to pick them. They knew they wanted to give those children gifts. And these gifts weren't like machine things like toys or whatever. But they created um, little gifts for them in this factory of gnome elves. Mm -hmm. So when they came to pick up the mushroom, there were little gifts around the mushroom under the pine tree. Gifts from the fae. Yes. Yes. <laughs> so you know how – so the mushroom – for the Nisi to keep talking about um, these gnomes, when they eat the mushroom, the mushroom blesses them because they protect the mushroom with um, speed and they grow. So think about Mario Brothers. Oh what happens to God. these little Mario Brothers when they jump on that mushroom, which is this mushroom, they get I'm speed. I'm hearing it in my head. <laughs> they get speed and they grow. Yeah. So it's even in Super Mario Brothers. It's crazy. It's so awesome. And these gnomes are really tiny, like tiny, tiny. They're the size of the mushroom themselves. Like they were known to haul them in little tiny wagons. Mm -hmm. um, and the, it would fill up the wagon, just one mushroom, just to get a, an idea of how small they were. You can't really see them because they're yeah. so small. 
but they're out there. I believe that in it. That fae energy. Yes, I love it so much. I really um, love this. Yeah, it's weird because, like, psychics have told me I have fae energy before, and then I had that dream, and then I read about this, and I was like, what the fuck? But you don't have fae energy, not fairy. You have fae. I don't know if there's, if people actually make this a difference. For me, the energy, I have a fairy energy and, and, and a fae energy that I am familiar with. Yeah. So you have fairy, which is very cutesy, glitter, happy. They're the ones that hang out in my plants all the freaking time. Yeah. And they're little, like, tricksters, too. They like what are fae creeps? Yeah. <laughs> and the fae <laughs> are... creeps. Oh, your dream! So the fae are, like, tree... I'm, like, pointing at my vagina. Yeah, yeah. No, I'll show you a picture. <laughs> the fae look like tree people. They look like nature. And they're fierce. They're very protective of nature. They're very magical. Yeah, dude. But That's what I fucking birthed. <laughs> <laughs> that is a scary little looking guy. was so cute. But this is what Faye, if you imagine a Faye, um, if you put in here tree woman or something, mm-hmm. but kind of like a- those eyes, alien looking eyes, mm-hmm. that's what Faye look like energy wise. Alien baby. Com- different from fairy energy. Oh, it's so cute. <laughs> they're like these girls are tripping oh what are they on yeah <laughs> did they take the fly agaric? well you know what we are so used to this when we get into the spirit of the plant that we're talking about we mm. literally feel their like energy summon it so we're we're in its energy and spirit yeah. so right now we're we're tapping into that um hallucinogenic yeah, I can. I feel like my vision is is like open. somewhat different. Mm-hmm. No, for mine also, it's like super open. But you know, like when you talk about ghosts and then they show up in your house, yes, it's like the same thing. Like I, if you if you talk about like a plant spirit, yes. Well, that's how I did it with my book. A lot yeah. of the plants I had, sixty percent of it I didn't have. I had to sit there call them in and really feel them look at imagery look at their pictures and get into their space and for me to channel and like kind of write about them you know what's interesting i saw this i saw this maybe a post on twitter where they were talking about how if you think of anything you can you can you know how it tastes if you think about licking anything Yep. You know how it tastes. That's true. Because I know taste of certain things I've never tasted before. Yeah. So you like know how something tastes. So like when you're perceiving a plant and you're like, you know how it feels, you know how it looks, you know, like you, you can visualize in your mind what it would feel like to hold or touch that specific plant. And so with energy, you can do the same thing if you train your brain to do so. Or if you are just being mindful and having the awareness to notice what that energy feels like, you know, it's the same thing as you just knowing what the floor tastes like (laughs) yeah or pee ew (laughs) 
<laughs> no, I'm serious. It's like, this tastes like, how many times have you said, this tastes like shit? How do you know what it should taste like? Or this tastes like cardboard. <laughs> yes. Like, you know, have you eaten a cardboard before? No. Yeah, but well, you just ma- know. Some people maybe, but um, we just know. Yeah, you just know what some things fucking taste like. So how? Because we are connected to everything, literally. But also, you don't fucking question that you know what something tastes like. Yes. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're not like, no, no, I'm just imagining that. <laughs> like, you're like, no, I know that. I know what that tastes like. And I don't want to taste it. With energy is the same thing. It's just that you doubt yourself because it's it's not a physical sense that you're used to using all the time. Yep. It's so true. It's very true. And it begins there with you fully trusting and owning your intuitive all senses all of your Mm -hmm. senses this is why it's also important to journal so you can keep this info documented and learn to trust your intuition yeah like i keep a dream journal because also dreams so do not you do not remember them in the same way like they're not the same thing as a memory nope you forget dreams so easily sometimes they go back and read my dream journal despite having written it down i still don't remember it yeah and then you go back and you're like mind blown like some of these dreams you know i would never have these these moments where i make these connections like hey maybe i'm you know intermingling with tree beings Uh (laughs) in the dream world yep um if I hadn't, like, written my dreams down and kept, you know, a documented experience, I it's just, like, you have to do that so that you can learn to see the patterns and see what comes up. Because sometimes, I mean, I had this dream, like, I had these dreams a while ago, and if I didn't keep stock of them and and try to remember them in some way shape or form then it just would have been like a shot in the dark yep and i would have came across from this info with zero connection to it but i feel a connection to it and i find connection to it because i'm doing the work of keeping up with the record keeping yep it's so true record keeping it's it was created a long time ago for a reason yeah and it's important especially if you're Especially if you're a witch, I mean, or, you know, practicing any form of spirituality. You don't know. You have the comfort in this this modern time in in some countries to practice whatever religion you want. And, you know, you don't know if a Handmaid's Tale situation could ever happen where you have to go in the dark about your practice or you can't keep record. You, you have to keep these things like what if you died and you wanted to pass it along to your children like just keep records of the stuff that you do like it's important it's important for future generations yep it's very it's very important like you're important you're a powerful person you the things that you write the discoveries that you make are important you don't need a fucking phd you don't need like a certification i mean if you're prescribing people and doing doing stuff for other people you need a fucking certification but you don't need a certification to have a voice you you're worthy and in like today's world where we are made to feel 
insignificant like we're in uh, you know just floating along in some sea full of fucking people you know keep your records you're somebody's and you're gonna be somebody's ancestors oh, yeah. one day that's how you have to think about it you're always. important to someone somewhere in this lifetime or the next one or the past one so keep records of the shit that you do mm-hmm. you know so important and i don't i'm a writer i'm an author i don't necessarily like writing like hand to paper mm-hmm. when i was a child or a teen i used to but now as an adult because i'm getting older my hands start hurting and i get lost in the writing so even if you don't like writing itself get a recorder and record it and there's dictation apps where you could just speak and it writes it for you into your into your documents that's yeah, how Google docs yeah that's how I, I write my books that's how i speak and it does I it cannot for me. do that I, i'm so awkward <laughs> <laughs> i i'm so good at it because i'd rather do that than type it all out i spent so many years in solitude as a kid like sometimes i would just talk just to like i would just say a word just be to break the silence of being alone for so long <laughs> just to make sure i still have like, I, a voice so oh this is interesting so I took a picture of this little guy. I don't know if this rings a bell. Oh, yeah, from Rainbow Bright. Yeah, so this is um, Twinks. And this, I took a picture of this guy and I ordered him. It cost me a hefty amount of money, but he is um, aligned with the new book I'm writing about mm-hmm. my life and uh-huh. the tragedies that I went through. This little guy right here. Um, is the reason why I kind of survived a long time Mm -hmm. and also the reason why I first attempted suicide. Mm. So um, I got him to kind of, I feel like there will be a movie on my book. I don't know why. Yeah. And I want him. We're manifesting. (laughs) I ordered him so we could have him for the movie. That's exactly why I ordered him. I was super high. So (laughs) I was like, I need to order him. So when the producers make my movie for the book, I don't, I've never even thought about that before. It was just when I was smoking. Yeah. And I went ahead and ordered him. I'm waiting for him to come home. It's going to trigger me. I know it's going to trigger me. But you have to make sure that you're being gentle with yourself. Yeah, but I want to hold him because he really was, because it was from the show Rainbow Bright. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could cut this all out. Um, but he was from the show Rainbow Bright, and he was the one that was left to die. I don't know if you remember, but I remember that show specifically because that's when I asked my mom I wanted him yeah. when we went to Toys R Us. I wanted him. And she's like, you don't want Rainbow Wright? I'm like, no, I want him Yeah, because I felt like him. He was thrown out and left to die, and he was losing all his light. So all his rainbow colors, everything was fading. Rainbow Bright found him and mm-hmm. brought him back to health with love, and he got all his colors back. So he became the one that all the other ones were jealous of because he would guide her to the rainbow. Yeah. So me as a little girl, I'm literally five years old, four years old, and I'm watching this, and I'm already relating to this this guy being hurt and yeah. no love. So I'm relating. And every time I was going through abuse, I would go and hold him, and I would say, you know, I, he would lead me to the rainbow, like rainbow bright. So he kept me going. Yeah. And then one day after, like, I was, I think I was seven around the time I tried to commit suicide. Um, is because I went inside and I was triggered because there was a man 
who touched me mm-hmm. from the building. Mm-hmm. He touched me, um, you know, from behind, underneath, and I was a little girl. I got triggered because I was already getting through abuse. I ran in to go find him, and he wasn't there. And I went to my mom, like, where is he? And she said, oh, I threw him out because he was so old and he was breaking. Mm-hmm. So back then, I lived in the project housing, like a seven-floor mm-hmm. projects full of, like, bad criminals and everything back then especially back then back then especially um so on the wall they would have that's where you would open up like a little yeah like a laundry chute yeah for garbage so i remember jumping up trying to hang from it so i could open and looking and i couldn't see anything and then when i realized it was just gone that's when i went to the seven to the roof i climbed those seven flights because i thought my Mm -hmm. i guess my little self thought there was no more hope because that was what was protecting me yeah. in my head. Yeah. Um, that's when I tried to do that. So, yeah, it was really something that I'm like, if I'm going to start telling my story, I, I think this journey is going to help me heal a lot. Yeah. Because, like, you showed me the gnome. I, and you're telling me about him, right? And uh-huh. not until I saw it did I remember. I f- closed off so many memories as a child. Which is normal if you have trauma. And I don't remember, uh-huh. like, TV shows, cartoons, until I see it, hear it, or I'll smell something. And I'm like, oh, shit, that reminds me of this. Yeah. Or that reminds me of that. And that just, I, I totally watched that. I was having that, that conversation with a friend yesterday, actually, about how she remembers losing every single one of her teeth. And I don't remember losing a single one of my teeth. Me neither. I don't remember losing any of them. Me neither. Not one. You know? Ew. Yeah, there's a lot of memory that, because we were so hidden, we were inward and we were hidden from real world because of the stuff that was happening in our home. I mean, my home alone was very toxic with the arguments and the screaming mm-hmm. and, and my stepfather, he was a drug addict and an alcoholic. Yeah. So just the scent of beer yeah, you want to know it's me? very, it's so, speaking of which, I come from also a family of alcoholics, like, um, and, and I've actually been going through my, uh, I've been feeling this call from my, my grandfather was like a very bad alcoholic, and sometimes he shows up, I can smell him and my grandmother, and just like I felt the pressure from my other grandmother to my other grandfather to look into my Colombian ancestry mm-hmm. further. And I found, you know, my grandmother's brother and sister in Colombia. I feel the same, the same urge from my grandfather to look into his ancestry because he, there's alcoholism that traveled through that ancestral background and I couldn't find his father for the longest time. Anything about him. I actually just recently found him. But it has nothing to do with this conversation. But it's just like so important to 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 do the healing. And, you know, going back to alcoholism, I had this realization. Um, I was in the store at Witch Baby not too long ago. And... I smelt what, in my mind, I thought was a man. Mm. And my coworker came in, and she was like, uh, yeah, that couple that was in here, they were so drunk. 
And it was just like it took me back because I just think men smell like beer. Yeah, same here. And, like, how fucked up is that? Yep. You know, like, I just smelt it and my brain went, man. Like, there's a man in the store. Yes. And really it was a couple and they smelled like alcohol and I never put it together that that's people who drink smell that way. Yes. No, it, it, in my brain it was men smell that way. Yeah. My my husband, well, we're not married, married, but he's my husband, 10 yeah. years and going. Um, he's very old school, like his dad, mm-hmm. you know, they come, he works hard, he gets home, he wants to relax, he'll have like a, a beer or a mm-hmm. drink. Um, and for many years of being with him, that would trigger me so bad. Mm-hmm. I, he would, we would have arguments when he would sit down. He was just relaxing. Yeah. He could be next to me watching a movie with me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know, my attitude and mood would change um, from the smell of the beer coming from his breath. And yeah. I would instantly cause a fight or I'll cause, like, my attitude would change. And it didn't, re- I didn't realize until I had a conversation with him. I'm like, I think that you drinking that beer when you come home is triggering me in a negative way. Mm-hmm. So now he doesn't have beer unless I'm okay with Like, he'll ask me, hey, babe, can I have a beer? I'm going to go get some beer. I'm like, yeah, sure. But before, we didn't have, like, a communication about it. Yeah, yeah. I think it was, I don't know, something had to give where I needed to come to a realize that that was triggering me. And for not because of him, but because that scent and in his breath, um, took me back to, like, my stepfather, you know? Yeah. And that was yeah. not happy times. <laughs> yeah. No, totally. And that's part of, like, it's hard because you get into a relationship. You both have different traumas. Mm-hmm. And then you have to work. Well, maybe, you know, some people are lucky and they both don't have traumas. <laughs> yeah. But I know for my husband and I, we definitely have serious traumas. And... You know, there's a lot of work on communication that we've had to do just to make each other aware that, like, hey, it's me, not you. Like, it's it's a lot of work. That's powerful, and that's love, and and people don't want to do that work, you know? Yeah. They get uncomfortable, and they trigger, and most of the time, it's not even your partner. It's things from the past that come in um, that you don't even realize that trigger a relationship and problems or even the way you react or act or how you Mm -hmm. treat a person for sure. But my, my husband, I have to give it to him. He's grown so much and just even the way he approaches being a father and, and being with me and respecting my boundaries or I am a super strong woman. Like I'm like, yeah, I don't play around. I'm not that wife that's gonna be like sure go out with your boys and come back smelling like ass like (laughs) girls ass (laughs) like no i'm like i'm changing the the door locks on you and your your clothes will be out in the yard you could pick them up but it's it's i love seeing that like even though it's not an easy journey in relationships sometimes there's still so much love and care for each other that Mm -hmm. you're you're healing each other man yeah yeah that's what you're doing and the thing is it's it's a relationships are not easy they're Mm -mm. just not they're not supposed to be no if they were supposed to be easy they wouldn't be a relationship i legitimately can't think of one person that you like spend it's a freight train that's why it's so loud (laughs) 
I legitimately can't think of like one person in anyone's life that they can spend with like for a prolonged period of time without having arguments or breakdowns of communication. It's a natural part of things. And to assume that you're going to have some like fantasy Disney princess, Mm -mm. like they lived happily ever after, like happily ever after doesn't look like a Disney movie. Yeah. No, those Disney movies were toxic. (laughs) They were lies. But I do think I, I really, it seems to me like getting that toy is like a friend coming back home. Yeah, I really do feel that. Like it feels like a positive thing for you. Like you're ready. Yeah. You're ready. And you like you're going on a big journey. Like you're telling your story, you know? And like your friend needs to be there to like hold your hand. That's so true. You know? And it's like I don't know why I have this like I could easily go on to write easier books. Mm-hmm. Like another, you know, a spiritual book, whatever. I could write, so, there's so many books I want to write and I have a whole list. And this book, I just feel it has to happen, whether it's a good thing or a bad thing. It has to be written by me. It has to be told, if not for you, but for me. I yeah. need to write this. I need to go through this journey again. Even just writing already, I'm up to like page 14. Mm-hmm. And I wrote. 14 pages in five minutes yeah i'm not joking yeah that's like do you know what five minutes is happen five minutes is a lot i was speaking and it was the the program wrote it for me and i was talking you know the audible and when i stopped i'm like what the hell how do i write you know why because it's a real there's a real story there yeah there's a lot of content there's a lot of energy and i don't know and I feel like I need to have these real things. And I also feel like I want to go back and take pictures of the building I lived in um, and the floor and the cemeteries that I was, I pretty much lived my whole childhood in the cemetery and the tree that used to hold me when I would fall asleep. Um, and I never fell off of it. Yeah. Um, my, the neighbor, the guy who is in my story when I tell it that he, the, the gravekeeper, mm-hmm that rode like the big trailer and he kept the the cemetery he's my mom's neighbor yeah i don't know if i ever told you that so my mom lives in project housing but modern ones Mm -hmm. um and we lived in the old place which was north bergen Uh uh-huh in these projects he lived there and he was the keeper of the cemetery my mom and our family moved um when i was about six years old Mm mm-hmm to this new place where she still lives now, which is another building, but smaller. Mm -hmm. Um, And not even two years after we had moved there, he became our neighbor. And that triggered the shit out of me because this used to be the guy that chased me in his big tractor out of the cemetery. And he laughs and tells my mom the stories of just his perspective of watching this crazy little wild girl Uh in the cemetery. So I want to record it and film it and have it ready to yeah. to show his perspective of what he saw when I was out there, um, he even says that I used to eat the flowers because I was so close to them. <laughs> he thought I was eating them. I wasn't eating them. I oh was listening God. to them. That's so. The, I I just can picture all of this in my head. It's just crazy. So I'm grateful that I have access to him still. He's really old, so I need to like get a move on 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 yeah. this. I'll even have my mom do it. I'm like sit down with him and just record him talking about me. Um, and what he used to think about my crazy butt. Yeah. He used to let go of dogs so they could chase me out. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I know. It is crazy. But there's a reason for it. Yeah, for yeah. sure. 
for sure. There's and it's like your 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 friend is coming back as you know. I'm a little that. guardian spirit. You know, what's really interesting is that you're talking about that on this episode. Yeah. Where we're talking about tree spirits. And yes. Unwanted children and yes. Yes, you know? and the thing that saved me that day was sleeping in trees. Was nature. Yeah. Um, I told the story when I climbed up those steps all the way to the seventh floor. And I say all the way because for a little girl and there's no elevator, I'm t- there's an elevator that never worked. I went up through the stairs, metal stairs, yeah. dark hallways. Yeah. And I went up and pushed the latch up and went on to, I could still feel it and, he- and see it. And I went to the edge and I just remembered it, just letting go. Like, I don't know, like, I just threw my body forward, like, just let it go. Like, I just was fall, going to fall off. And this big gust of wind just, like, threw me backwards. And people, I feel like, you know, if you know me, you know how honest I've always been. Mm-hmm. This part, it's hard to believe, but it's really true. Mm-hmm. And the gravekeeper could tell you it's true. Because there's always daisies that grow. Mm-hmm. And this is how it aligns. When that gust pushed me back, when I opened my eyes looking up, all I saw were these little daisies falling on me, just like rain. Yeah. So if you talk to him, he always mowed those daisies when there was a lot of windy days. Yeah. Because the wind would blow them off the cemetery. Uh Uh-huh. So they reached up. That day it was just a connect. It was just like that's crazy. It's it wasn't even coincidence to me. I think that's magic. Yeah, that for they, sure. They for just, sure. So they fell on me and I felt like a blanket and I felt very comforted and very yeah. like safe. Um, so that's what saved me was that wind and the daisies that fell over me. Nature yeah. again was there that's even on the seventh floor of a fucking building. Yeah. So it's it's, it's just like reached its gentle hand up. Yeah. So this book is not just going to be horror. It is going to be horrible and and hard to read, but there's so much real magic that I had connection with that I think that in between those lines, um, you're going to find, like, nurture. um, You're going to find... I think that you're going to help people find their connection and their magic and be able to see the magic of what when they went through a traumatic experience because sometimes people have a hard time recognizing that. Yeah. Or seeing any positive. Yeah. And like when you talk about the signs that you recognize and the things that really like stood out to you, then people think back to things that happened to them and they think about, they start thinking about the things that really saved them. Yeah. Because we don't remember, right? Yeah. Because we're so, we hold on to the horrible experience but then we're like but you got through it right yeah and then you're like but how did i really get through it yeah how did that happen mm-hmm. and that is where we want you to remember that that happened because of your magic your power and your guides and your connection to to the spirit world that's how that happened that's what pushed you through that voice inside you that kept you going you know that will yeah. to keep moving um your heart how awesome is your heart that it could go through the, all of that and then you come out still being this beautiful, compassionate person, mm-hmm. you know? And that's why I want to write this book because I I don't want people thinking, you know, oh, she had it made. No. <laughs> Not only were my parents immigrants to this country and that's when all the, you know, I was born literally not even a year after that. Um, 
nothing was handed to me. Yeah. Absolutely nothing was yep. handed to me other than fucking pain and bad experiences and me just learning how to survive. Mm-hmm. I totally, yeah. I mean, you know, some people assume with the way which baby is that I must have, like, wealthy parents or whatever. But, I mean, I moved out when I was 18. I came from a family of alcoholics. Like, I didn't have my own bedroom until I was a teenager. <laughs> like, uh, you know, I, we didn't – it didn't grow up rich. I have grit and – I have creativity that has flourished from some of the deepest, darkest periods mm-hmm. of my life. And, you know, it's from pain comes beauty. Yeah, that's true. So. And from being in the darkness is where you find your fullest light. Mm-hmm. And that light brings that sun energy, that creativity. That Absolutely. And there's there's, like, parts of me that, like, I, there's a certain level of almost shamelessness that I've reached Mm -hmm. from just being, so my, my situation was a little different, um, you know, just from being abused and then tormented (laughs) by adult men as a teenage Mm -hmm. girl. Um, and having my reputation just completely destroyed at such a young age, like, I also tried to kill myself, um, and going through all of that, surviving all of that, realizing that these people who try to ruin your life ain't shit, Mm -hmm. and just coming out and with a new renewed sense of shamelessness after the worst thing that you could possibly Mm -hmm. think could happen to you in the entire world. Like, I mean, you know, my teenage experience wasn't, it wasn't some kind of like sweet 16 movie. Mm -hmm. It was 13 reasons why. Mm. And coming out of an experience like that and surviving it and, just knowing that like people have tried their hardest to absolutely destroy you, Mm -hmm. destroy your spirit, destroy your character and realizing that after those experiences, like you are truly free from people's judgments. Yeah. After that moment, you don't give a fuck about what anybody else has to say about you. I think that's why we're, we're the way we are. Uh, with social media, I don't give a fuck if you don't like me. Yeah. I don't need you to like me. I need you to know me and my truth. And it's not even about, like, it shouldn't, it's not even about pandering to people or anything. I'm a person. Yep. And this is who I am. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to be who I am. And if you want me to be someone who I am not, then that is, like, a weird and gross controlling way to treat other people. And you need to, like, assess that about yourself. Yeah, there's a lot of healing that has to happen. You know? A lot of them do. Like, I can only be me. Mm -hmm. If you don't like it, you can move on. If you like it, you can stay. And I'm not upset if you move on. I'm not, you don't need to like me. I don't have to be everyone's flavor. 
That's true. You know? And you know how you mentioned um, writing your dreams and mm -hmm. recording all of that? Like, your story, your life, like, I feel like um, my memories are fleeting. And also, like I said, I have a lot of um, blanks. Mm -hmm. I mean, years of blanks because I hid and, and, and erased those memories, hid them somewhere. Mm -hmm. Writing your story, I know it's going to, like, wake up a lot of these memories and wake up a lot of these things. I would have never thought to buy this little guy. Yeah. Never until just the other day that I'm like, you know, I'm on this journey now. I started writing the book and now all of a sudden this is what I want to buy at almost four in the morning after I was smoking, chilling, and I'm here ordering him. And I don't want those memories to be hidden in me. I need them to come out. I need them to open up, come out, write them out. I don't want to forget them either mm -hmm. because those, like you said, those are the th the demons, those are the evil, those are the things that try to break you and you looking back and reading them and really seeing it over again. You're like, I survived that. I truly survived that. And the only thing I could give gratitude towards is spirit I and that magic and that willpower that you have within you how did you get through it so it really brings up that question it's not that I'm a superhero yeah you know people are, I have been leaving comments like that a little bit on that video that I made um, you know you're a superhero whatever I'm like no it literally it's not superhero it's you are even when the bad things happen you were still protected mm-hmm Imagine if you weren't protected. I think about that a lot. And I think that's what's interesting about having dreams like this. Mm -hmm. And having these connections to spirit. And, you know, I totally, totally relate to buying things from your past to, like, bridge that connection. Like, for me, you know, I buy, like, all these Ouija boards and stuff. Like, when I was <clears throat> sitting alone it for hours like on end you know I ba started babysitting myself at nine uh I have an eight-year-old and I cannot imagine just leaving her alone, alone. for like 30 hours a week mm. <laughs> you know no I know it's just crazy but I started to bridge my connection to spirit I bought Ouija board. Well, I had a Ouija board. I would play the Ouija board by myself, which is grossly dangerous. Mm -hmm. Do not do that. But I got myself my house haunted. And while that was a very frightening experience for a 9, 10-year-old girl, it confirmed to me that spirit is real. Yeah. It's like a very real thing, you know. And weirdly enough, having my house haunted makes me feel less alone. You know, so these things do stay with your spirit. They do embed on you. Yep. You do. I do love Ouija boards. They did get me through some of the darkest periods mm -hmm. of my life. Like no matter how dark they are, like I can't imagine being here today without the fascination of spirit driving me to continue to explore and know more about yeah our world that's why i said you can't in that last episode you can't put a bad name to darkness or shadow mm -hmm. i'm very open about how that 
literally was what saved me growing up. I was in that space hiding from real life um, horrors and monsters that in there, those quote unquote monsters took care of me. They yeah. allowed, they, they gave me a space to go. They gave me entertainment. They mm-hmm. gave me something to feel whether it was good or not. I felt, I still remember, I still felt alive. You know, I felt like I had something there with me. Yeah. Whether it made me feel uncomfortable or not, it was there and I knew something was there and I knew that there was more than that other world that I had to come back to in flesh where I was more scared of being. Mm -hmm. It was more scary for me in my house, in my little girl bedroom, you know, with the real human monster than it was in darkness with spirits. Yes, and I think this ties completely back to the conversation about Fly Agaric and exploring unscary realms yes. and, you know, it, being afraid to face those things. That's what it does. It literally, the, the shaman, what she would do is she would travel during the winter solstice because it took her to the other realms and this Mm -hmm. is where she did healing work for her tribe they either she either took them up into divinity or she took them down into the lower realms where they had to visit the things that they have to uncover and heal i am so fascinated by this concept by the way and i'm so glad that you brought it up um i saw this video of uh, somebody i follow on tiktok and they showed what they think the underworld looks like in their dreams and, like, have you ever had, like, you, what to you does the underworld look like? I've been there many times. So I've been to, like, three different under realms. Yeah. And none of them look like hell. None of them no. look like, um, like the end of times or end of the day, end of days or any of that. Yeah. I've had, okay, so I, mine, same thing. When I've gone to, like, an underworld, and she posted this picture of this, like, foggy beach. Do you do you ever see that in the underworld? Yeah, it looks like my obsession with here is those rainy, foggy days. And I only go to the beach when it's wintertime and it's a little darker and there's fog and mist that go over the ocean and it's literally that same feeling you feel when, it, oh man, hold on, I gotta say something too. It's the same feeling I feel <laughs> when I go into the underworld. Uh-huh. And that is so comforting to me. It started raining on my way here. Uh-huh. And the first thing I do when it's a little foggy and it's raining, I put on the playlist Possibility from mm-hmm. Twilight and uh-huh. it just on, on, um, pandora and all these moody songs come on and my spirit just goes to those realms yeah yeah okay so i thought that uh, this was like okay you know everybody has a beach yes okay well i thought that i mean still might be my fucking beach i don't know but at for for reference we're talking about in dream in the dream world like close your eyes unless you're driving (laughs) where's your beach what does your beach look like? You have a beach from your dreams. What does it look like? Mine is like this cloudy, mm-hmm. dark. It's not dark out. It's like just cloudy and gray. It's and like it's a just, moonlit. No, it's not at night. It's like 
it's almost like timeless. I don't know. Like, it's not, it's not like the morning. It's just like a time. Yeah. It's just gray. Mm-hmm. It's just a gray beach. Mm-hmm. And it's like very desolate. Sometimes there's people there. Sometimes there's not. Sometimes there's a road. Sometimes there's not. But that's, I have dreams of this like moody beach. And I thought that was like my jumping off point. But now I'm thinking maybe it's just the underworld. <laughs> yes. I truly, anytime I feel, especially with, I have a connection with like the water. And if you ask my kids, the only, they, I always felt horrible before because they rarely go to the beach in the summer, mm -hmm. but always in the fall. Like now fall's coming up and my kids are already asking me, oh, so we're going to go to the beach because that's all my pictures. If you see any pictures of me taking pictures of them, they yeah. have sweaters on because we go during the winter. I'll post them on my Instagram so you can see. I'm not lying. Um, it's always that I say moonlit because it's that it's lit like the moonlight yeah it's like hazy it's hazy it's it's lit like the moonlight it's not dark it's not daytime it's like twilight kind of like the movie twilight when you're in the forest yeah yeah like pacific northwest yes exactly yeah exactly yeah that's um what am i thinking where i wanted to move once i forgot where they are and yeah, so it's very moody and calming as fuck. Yeah, like, it's not heavy waves or anything. No. It's just, like, gentle lapping of water. Just yeah. gentle. And the sand is not even, like, sand color. It's maybe, like, a, a off, off brown, like, yeah, tan Mine's, like, a dark sand. Dark? Mine is always, like, a, a, like a nude off brown color. Oh, mine's, like, wet sand looking. That's like towards the water, I guess. No, like it all <laughs> looks like that thing? gray. Like everything's That's very gray. Awesome. Yeah. I don't know. But it's just it's just fascinating, you know? Yeah, I've never when I do escape, um, I think the the deepest escapes that I have done in the underworld, I am in underground caves. But even though those underground caves still felt um comforting, they felt ancient. They felt like they had energy and spirit. Yeah. But when I mostly dis um, disappeared and went away from the real world, it was towards a cliff. And that cliff had that same mood. It was very mm -hmm. foggy. It was very, like, time didn't exist there. Mm -hmm. And there was no noise. It was just, like... Yeah, it's, like, quiet. Silent. Like, mm -hmm. the literally... Was yeah, like, no matter how many people were on my beach, I, like, never heard them. You never heard them. That's beautiful. You know, it's very strange. Um, well, I mean, I think I think we should just wrap it up with the health benefits because we're yeah we're going we're going for it. Um, so, fly agaric uh, was utilized for a lot of things like menstrual problems, yes. cramps, etc. Um, it was also used for sore throats arthritis uh and as an analgesic yep. back in back in the day um surprisingly it can be used for Sciatica. like nail fungus <laughs> being a fungus like here's like fungi killing fungus um lyme disease which i think makes sense because it's like a disease of the forest that's true you know um, also, you can 
use it to improve uh, cognition, so brain function. Yeah. Stuff like that. Um, we were just talking about short-term, Yeah. like our memories. There's just a lot. I think it's... So it's literally just telling us if we take it, our memories would come back. You have to be careful taking fly agaric, by the way. Don't just, like, go into the woods and pick these and be like... Yeah, guys, it's literally, like, you have to know the dosage and you have to, like, know what you're doing. I'm going to trip out with the leshy. Also, oh, you know, it was used to initiate Vikings, too. <gasps> I love that. Yeah. That's insane for guys. Uh, yeah. It, well, okay, so it only kills... Two to five percent of the time. I don't want to take that risk. If <laughs> yeah, I was a Viking, like Russian roulette. I would have been like, knowing me, well, it's going to be me. Yeah. <laughs> I think that's the struggle with COVID. You know it's a small percentage that you could die, but you're like, damn. Not taking that fucking risk. I'm going to put some extra hand sanitizer Given on. my history on this planet, I think yeah. I'm going to try to be safe. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, if, if. Life can't take me out, neither can COVID. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that's it. And uh, let me call Joe in here. <laughs> oh, you know what we keep forgetting to say? Follow us on social media at Elder Hour. And you can go to our website, elderhour.net, yes. to read our blog. Yes, and on the blog, we give extra content and anything that we talk, like, about links, books, imagery that we're looking at, um, we share it there on the blog so you guys could have it. Yep, and my social media, my personal social media is Stay at Home Witch on Instagram or Chelsea the Witch on TikTok, or you can find my company at Witch Baby Soap on all social medias. And now my social media, all of them, even my TikTok, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, all say at I am Juliet Diaz. So I am J-U-L-I-E-T Diaz. And my website is also I am Juliet Diaz .com. New season, new Juliet Diaz. I'm owning who I am. Yes. <laughs> and you should too. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>